What's up, everyone? Welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. Joining me on the other end of the line to talk about a great game day six, fresh off of a trip to Bomberg uh, to see Hapoel Jerusalem take down Bomberg, is David Hine. Dave, what'd you think of Freak City? Uh, Freak City is always great to, <laughs> to, 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 to go to and attend a game and just take in that great atmosphere. It's always a packed house and, you know, they're really good, great fans and, and know the game. And, and, um, yeah, it just was, was fun. It was fun being there. And, uh, I mean, what a game day, you know, some great games and, and, um, 10 road victories this week, 10 of 16 games, the, the, uh, the away team took down the uh, the home side, so including Bamberg with uh, Hapo Jerusalem taking down uh, Bamberg. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited that you got to go to that one in person because uh, you know there, there have been some great games in Bamberg already this season. Uh, you know, Paco Cruz hitting that that teardrop buzzer beater uh, to beat Bamberg in their first home game uh, for for Fuenlabrada, but this was another great one with Hapoel Jerusalem, one of the strongest teams in the competition. So it was, it was cool that you were able to see that. And then Dave, after the game, was able to catch up with Amari Stoudemire, former All NBA player, and and of course, you know, a big part of this Hapoel Jerusalem team. So we got that interview coming up for you later in the show. Uh, Dave and, and Amari were able to talk about quite a few topics in in a short amount of time. So that was uh, that was great. Uh, before we get to that, let's run through the team of the week, the MVPs, and we'll go through the groups, talk about the standings, some of the best games from the game day, and, and all of that good stuff. So looking at the team of the week, starting it off, Lamont Jones from MHP Reason Ludwigsburg helped them get their first win of the season. They were 0-5 entering this game. They were able to take down previously undefeated Murcia. Jones had 20 points four rebounds, three assists, and three steals, including the game-winning steal and layup in the final 20 seconds or so, where he picked Milton Doyle's pocket, laid it up and in for Ludwigsburg getting their first win. So congratulations to those guys. Kevin Punter from Virtus Bologna, 26 points, 6 of 12 from the three-point line. He absolutely caught fire in the fourth quarter. He scored 11 points in a less than a three-minute span there in the fourth quarter to help Bologna uh, get a great win over Strasbourg. Josh Owens from that Hapoel Jerusalem team that Dave just saw, he was a monster once again. 17 points, 6 of 6 from the field. He had 9 rebounds. He was just uh, completely unstoppable, rolling to the rim, finishing alley-oops. He had a gorgeous little touch pass late in the game uh, to set up a Tayshawn Thomas bucket. And that was, uh, you know, that was a really, a really pivotal score for Jerusalem. So a great game from Josh Owens. Vince Hunter from Ike Athens, he makes the team of the week once again. I think this is at least the second time, if not the third, that he's made it through six weeks. He had 28 points. Nine rebounds and three steals for the defending champions, Ike, as they won their fifth straight game. And then the MVP from Nanterre, Julian Gamble, he had 28 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks, and three assists as Nanterre came up with a surprising upset victory on the road at Ryer Venezia. That was uh, one of those 10 games that Dave mentioned where the road team was able to come out on top. Uh, Dave, what did you think about the team of the week from this round? I mean, you can't really complain about any of the guys being on the team. Um I, there is one guy that I that that I, I think deserves. I definitely, you know, deserve would have deserved a spot. That's Adas Yukovicios uh, uh, from Nanterre, that same Julian Campbell team. Um, 
you know, he he scored 13 points in the fourth quarter in the fourth quarter uh, to kind of really just blow that game open. Hit a couple of uh, three pointers, uh, 31 points, six three pointers. Um, but you know, really, you know, you look at punter, you look at Hunter, um, and Jones was was um, Jones Jones uh, came up big in the end for sure. Uh, really, there's you know just basically Yuskovicius, you know that um, just the fact that he scored 13 in that fourth quarter. Um, you know, I would have liked to have seen him on there, but you know who do you take off? So, but no, great, uh, uh, some absolutely ph- phenomenal performances, um, and we could get to them over the course of the uh, course of the show. But uh, congrats to to all five of them. Yeah, yeah, I think in general for the team of the week, uh, there's kind of an unwritten rule that. You know the the website and the the people who decide this. They usually don't put two guys from the same team on there, just to kind of spread the love around a little bit. And you know there were some great performances, as you said, across the league. Uh, yeah, Yuskevichus definitely had a, as good of an argument as anybody. But when your teammate Julian Gamble wins MVP, you know there's only so much you can do. Uh, but an, an interesting note from that game: those two guys. That was the first time this season that two guys from the same team scored at least 25 points. Gamble with 28, Yuskevichus with 31. So a great performance from Nanterre uh, taking down Venezia on the road. We'll get to that game in a little more detail in a minute. Uh, we'll start off the group by group standings with Group A. Before we do that, just want to remind you guys to check out championsleague.basketball. That's the official website. It's got a ton of good information on there. We got Igor Jerkovich's help side column. This week he wrote about if home court advantage is indeed dead. As Dave said, 10 of the 16 games were won by the road team this week. Also Deacon Lloyd Smith's insider column. He's done some really great work kind of going behind the scenes, uh, writing about some of the coaches and the scouts and uh, different people around the league. Of course, uh, Download the official Basketball Champions League app. That's a free app with all of the stats and information that you need to follow along. And subscribe on livebasketball.tv to watch all of these games live or on demand. One final housekeeping note. Upcoming game day seven next week is going to be the last game before we take a quick break for the FIBA World Cup qualifying window. So there's going to be two weeks without any BCL games as uh, players are allowed to go play for their national teams in the World Cup qualifying window. Next week also marks the halfway point of the season. It'll be seven games down. The regular season is 14 games long. And remember, at the end of that, the top four teams from each group advance to the playoffs. The fifth and sixth place teams go to the FIBA Europe Cup competition the seventh and eighth place teams are eliminated so we're just about at the halfway point of the regular season things are really starting to heat up so let's jump in with the group by group breakdowns for game day six nope Doyle brings the ball up got it by Jones oh he loses it still all the way Jones gets him a one point lead Doyle Mel Doyle floater doesn't get it and look it's all over! It's all over! MSP wins in Lucasburg! They get the first victory! All right, you heard the call there. MHP Reason Ludwigsburg got their first win of the season in Group A to improve to 1-5. and five. They're in last place in Group A. They were able to take down previously undefeated Ukam Murcia, who are still at the top at 5-1. and one. 
Tied with Murcia with a 5-1 and one record is Avellino. Then we've got Banvid in third place at 4-2. and two. Nizhny are 3-3. Three and three. And then we've got a three-way tie with Anvil, Le Mans, and Ventspils all at 2-4 and four before we get to Ludwigsburg again there at the bottom at 1-5. and five. Dave, let's jump in with, uh, with Ludwigsburg picking up their first win of the season, beating Murcia at home 81-80. to 80. I mentioned Lamont Jones at the top of the show. Uh, picked Milton Doyle's pocket, got the game-winning layup with about 20 seconds there, and then uh, Ludwigsburg were able to hold on on defense on the other end. Uh, Dave, last week we talked to Charlene Clough from UCAM Murcia. We talked about this being a bit of a trap game, and it certainly was that. It was a great one. Um, I, I could not, um, I could not not watch this entire game. Looking at it, and the the biggest lead for either side was eight points, and uh, so definitely, I think there was twenty five lead changes. So I definitely wanted to go and watch uh, this whole thing. And um, it was, it was, you definitely had a feeling that these are two really, really, really good teams. Uh, which, if you look at Ludwigsburg record, you might not think of you know, you know, being zero and five. Um, they got the monkey the the monkey off their back uh over the over the weekend in the BBL when they beat when they beat Ulm uh and so that that kind of uh you know they had lost 10 games in a row in all competitions and so you know it gave them the feeling like oh, okay now that's how we win a game and uh again and so yeah just a great game and you know you you really you look at the way that Ludwigsburg was able to handle the handle the ball. They only had eight turnovers, turned Mercia over uh, seventeen times. Crawford, uh, Jordan Crawford, was just fantastic. Um, you know, going among the trees, t- you know, tossing in layups over Kate and other guys high up, high off the glass. Um, and uh, you know, Doyle had been so great, uh, really kind of taking over a little bit of the playmaking playmaking role. Uh, Ortisan. Uh, he only played five minutes. I couldn't really find out why. Um, I, he he was in. Um, uh, I I don't know why he didn't uh, end the game. Only had the one turnover. Doyle did, and of course it was it was costly. Um, but uh, you know, just just huge plays, and uh, you know this is a, this is a huge win for Ludwigsburg. You know they'd been down uh, by three points uh, with forty seconds left, and then Crawford hits the hits the really tough layup. And then you had the steal by by Jones on Doyle. Um, just a great game, and uh, it was it was uh, good to see Killen Martin uh, pick up. You know he had been out of the the roster for a couple of games um, for John Patrick, and and you know he's starting to pick things up. Uh, just just a huge victory for Ludwigsburg. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to John Patrick and the and the team there in Ludwigsburg. As you said, Crawford was phenomenal. Twenty one points, six assists, uh, multiple tough layups in that fourth quarter. Just fearless, as you said, just diving into the paint. He might be the smallest player in the BCL. You know, there, there's a couple guys who are who are really tiny point guards. Crawford might be the smallest, and he showed no fear going into that vicious Morcia defense, attacking into the paint, getting, uh, you know, finishing off the glass. He had some nice little floaters there in the fourth quarter. So he was great. And like you said, you know, this is a, this is a big confidence building win for Ludwigsburg. And this is a team that, you know, they were 0-5, but it's not like they've been terrible. They, they had a lead at halftime in four of their five losses in the BCL. So it's not like they were getting destroyed or something. You know, they were, they were winning these, they were winning 
these games at some point uh, and then blowing leads uh, as it got late. This time around, though, it's Murcia who blew the lead. They were up by eight points early in the fourth quarter, but they weren't able to contain Keelan Martin or Crawford. And then just some really terrible offensive execution by Murcia uh, on their final few possessions. There was a, a possession late where Ovi Soko held the ball for basically almost the entire 24 second shot clock. They weren't able to get a good look up. Uh, and then as you, you know, we talked about Jones picking Doyle's pocket for that layup. And then on the very final chance uh, of the game for Murcia, Milton Doyle had a pretty decent look at a, at a floater, but he airballed it over the top of the rim, uh, which was pretty you know, kind of surprising to see from a guy who's who's one of the best scorers in the BCL. So a big win for Ludwigsburg. Uh, for Murcia, they dropped to five and one. I don't think they're going to be in panic mode uh, by any means. You know, this is a, a team that is is still certainly capable of of reaching the final four, and so we'll see how they recover next week. Uh, Dave, any any final thoughts here before we move on? No, I just I just uh, think you know. How can how you know we we said it we're almost at the halfway point. There's still a, a hole to dig for uh, for Ludwigsburg. Can they go from zero and five to to and snag the fourth place? You know that's really the question. Now we're going to see over the next uh, couple of months. Yeah, and they've got a tough tough game on the road next week. Uh, they're at Nizhny, so that'll be that'll be another tough game for Ludwigsburg. Uh, but maybe this momentum will will carry carry them forward, and we'll see them go on a bit of a run here. Uh, let's jump in with that Nizhny team. They picked up a win on the road, beating Vinchspiel's seventy five to eighty. Kendrick Perry returned to the lineup after missing a couple games uh, with an injury and, you know, really made a big difference. You know, th- this was a guy who battled head to head with Norris Cole in the first week of the season, was really the star of this Nizhny team in their early weeks. Uh, he returns to the lineup. He had 19 points, including uh, their last two buckets. He had a tough, uh, tough finish through contact uh, with about 40 seconds left, driving to his right, and then... Uh, with about 15 seconds left, drove to his left, exploded for this huge left-hand dunk. That put Nizhny up by five points and, and sealed the victory for them. Uh, Dave, with Perry coming back, this Nizhny team, they, they look pretty dangerous, huh? The Kaiser Penguin is back. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned the, the layup. He missed the, he missed the, uh, the and one free throw. Um, and, and on that dunk, you know, he went over Arledge, um, and it was at the buzzer of the shot clock. Um, and so, yeah, just, just, uh, absolutely monster play. I, I think pro- maybe the, the play of the week. I think, I think we could, we could kind of say that. Um, you know, we, we talked the last couple of weeks, you know, this team is not the same without a guy like Perry and, and he just, you know, took over the game. Um, you look at you look at um, this Nizhny team. You know they're still three and three and in the hunt of, uh, for for the for the uh, for the playoffs. Uh, you get Perry back. I still don't know what 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 the deal is with uh, Dragusevich if he's going to be able to come back. But I think also the fact that uh, Perry was gone and that uh, Ivan Strepkov kind of had to come in and fill in uh, sort of at the at the playmaking role. You know he had. Uh, 12 points and seven assists. Um, and they, and Nizhny just totally took, uh, Ventspiel's off the, off the glass. Just two rebounds, 
um, two offensive rebounds for Ventspiels, 37 to 23 rebounding advantage. And uh, yeah, it was just a, a fantastic, also a road victory, you know, for, for Nizhny, um against a team that had been, you know, trying to fight for uh, a top four spot. So huge performance. And, you know, whenever you get your, your leader back after a couple of missed games, um, you have to feel good about yourself plus the road victory. So yeah, Nizhny's, uh you know, we, 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 we see that, that Ludwigsburg back, um, you know, maybe Nisney's back, you know, that, that you mentioned that great game against, uh, Avellino, uh, with Norris Cole. And so now, um, you know, Nisney with, with Perry back is going to be huge in this group. Yeah. Yeah. As long as Perry's in that lineup, I, th- I think this Nisney team is capable of beating anybody in this group. Uh, let's move on. You mentioned Avellino. They were another team that picked up a victory on the road. They won in France, beating Le Mans 77 to 74. This is an Avellino team that, uh, you know, they don't, uh, they don't blow anybody out. Like, you know, we'll put it that way. Their last four games have been decided by four points or less. They are three and one in those games. So they are, they are, you know, pulling out the close victories. Um, but you know, we, we mentioned Avellino last week as a team that's not necessarily putting teams away. They're, uh, they're playing it a, a, a bit reckless, a bit loose in that regard, but another big win, uh, for Norris Cole and Avellino. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, you don't put them away. They were up by 12 points with four minutes left in the third quarter and it was down by, uh, it was down to a two point advantage. Um, and then basically they just happened, you know, they hit five or six free throws down the stretch to decide the game. Okay. You don't have, you know, Costello again, you know, he didn't, wasn't able to play. Um, but yeah, it, uh, again, it, it, these, this is a really good Avellino team. You, you, you know, you have Nicholas, you have Filoy, you have Green, um, you, even if you don't have Costello. Uh, great performance by Michael Thompson uh, at the other end with Lamont. You know, they only shot 39%, but um, Thompson had 20 points, 11 assists, zero turnovers, uh, but just not enough as uh, Lamont go down uh, to drop to 2-4. and four. Yeah, Thompson, interesting note there. He's the first player in the BCL this season to have at least 10 assists and no turnovers in a game. So a really uh, if efficient performance from him against you know one of the best point guards in the competition in Norris Cole. So a great game for Thompson, but unfortunately for Lamont, they were unable to get the win. And the last game in this group, Banvit, they took down Anvil 75-68. to Alex Perez, he only had eight points, but he hit a huge dagger three uh, late in the game to to bury Anvil. Dave, what did you think about Banvit uh, getting back on track and improving to four and two? Uh, another another um, team that wasn't able to finish them, you know, off they they were up by uh, twelve points in the fourth quarter, and then Anvil went on a um, on a twelve zero run to tie it, and then in the final ten possessions. Uh, very un-Anvil like over the final 10 possessions, just two scores with five turnovers. Uh, Anvil hitting just, uh, 18% from the three point range and, uh, 18 turnovers. You know, Banvit, Banvit, uh, is not yet done. I, I don't think, uh, you know, restructuring their, their roster. They did bring in Mackenzie Moore and he had a huge game with 19 points. Um, so, but yeah, huge three huge three by um by Perez who you know like I said you know like you said really hadn't done very much until then uh and also with the shot clock going down so um yeah big victory by by Banvit Banvit 4-0 at home uh 0-2 on the road so um have been able to take advantage 
uh, of the home crowd. I think they're at home next week as well. So uh, I, this is a team that we're going to have to watch and see how they start performing on the road. Uh, obviously, we know about their struggles in the Turkish League. Yeah, Benvit are hosting Murcia next week, so that'll be a really great test for them to see if they can keep that home uh, that home record intact as the group leaders uh, visit Turkey for what should be a great game. Kavic is coming out maybe to try and get the ball. Instead, it goes to Gamble in the high post. He's going to take it on all the way through. Oh, my word. What a finish from Julian Gamble. Moving on to Group B, this week very different from Group A, where all four games were decided by seven points or less. In Group B, every single game was decided by at least 12 points, uh, as the closest margin of victory was Nanterre taking down Venezia 99-87. to So let's look at the standings. Uh, starting at the top, we got Tenerife, 6-0. and They are one of two 6-0 and teams in the BCL right now, along with Virtus Bologna. That's important because only one other team in BCL history has won their first six games of the season. That was Besiktas a couple years ago. This year, we have two teams that are two and, or that are 6-0. and Tenerife is one of them. They look absolutely dominant at the top of Group B. Behind them, Venezia and Halone are both four and two. Then we've got Pauk and Nanterre at three and three. Telecom Baskets Bonn are two and four. And then at the bottom of the group, Fribourg, one and five, and Opava also one and five. Let's start this one with Tenerife. They were one of those 10 teams to win on the road this week. They destroyed Opava 92 to 70. It was their third win by at least 20 points for Tenerife. It was also their fourth game with at least 25 assists. Uh, and this was the first time that they allowed 70 points in a game. So really incredible start to the season for Tenerife. Uh, Dave, you, you just wrote an article about Opava, a really interesting story there, but, you know, probably not much hope for them, uh, in this one from the start. I, I think the, the, just the overwhelming stat from this, from this game was a 120 efficiency for Tenerife in the game. Just absolutely fantastic, uh, amazing performance. Um, yeah, I mean, you only had one starter in double figures for, for Opav. Obviously, you know, this is, uh, this was two different, uh, um, you know, classes of, of teams. Uh, yeah, the Opava, that, that story I've been meaning to, to tell for pretty much the whole, the whole season. I just think it's fantastic. If you have, if you, if you want to go check it out, um, it's, uh, it's the homegrown section and I talk about, uh, Jakob Slavic, 19 uh, year old talent, uh, with the, with Opava. And, uh, if you don't want to go over, check it out, uh, just a quick, uh, teaser or whatever. Um, basically all, all, um, uh, there was only one of the 14 players from that team that is not from the city of Ostrava or within a half an hour, uh, a half hour drive, um, from, from Ostrava, which is about 30 kilometers from Opava. Um, the coach is from Opava and, uh, he won all four championships that the club has, uh, with Opava and, uh, former national team player is, is, uh, the coach Peter, uh, Shudek. Uh, so just a fan, uh, absolutely fantastic and, and, uh, super intriguing story that I was, uh, that I've been dying to tell. And so I was able to do it, uh, through the, co- through the, uh, through the homegrown column. So go check that out. Yeah. Tenerife, you know, uh, we expected them to be one of the best teams and, and, you know, this was, 
you know, very comfortable victory. Yeah, yeah. Comfortable to say the least. Uh, Thad McFadden was the top scorer for Tenerife. He had 19 points. 17 of those came in the first half. Sebastian Saiz with another double-double, 15 points, 10 rebounds in under 23 minutes. So he's been great. And just another another fantastic team win overall for Tenerife. But yeah, definitely go to championsleague.basketball and and check out Dave's column on Opava because that's one of the coolest things about the BCL is we have these these smaller clubs that have really interesting stories like that where Opava is truly, truly a local team. And so it's cool to see them in the competition. Uh, You know, hopefully next week they they should have a little bit of an easier time when they're not playing uh, the group leaders in Tenerife. We'll move on. A slightly more competitive game. Uh, Nanterre beat Venezia 99-87. to We mentioned Julian Gamble as the MVP of the week. Yuskevichs was incredible with 31 points. Uh, Dave, this is a Nanterre team that was a little bit slow out of the gate, but now they've won three of their last four games, and their only loss was a one-point defeat against Pauk, who are also on fire right now. So uh, this, this Nanterre team is looking pretty dangerous at the moment. Yeah, I mean, this... Julian Gamble was obviously team MV, uh, team of the week MVP. You know, he had 16 points in the first quarter, uh, and he had out, he was basically the equal score as the entire net, uh, uh, Venezia team. It was 31 16 and Gamble at 16. Um, basically, you know, you look at this, this, the score 99 87, you think, okay, this was a blowout, but, um, basically they, the Nanterre was just amazing in the final six minutes. Uh, they scored on 12 of, of 15 possessions, three, uh, four three-pointers, um, and Venezia basically scored, uh, went scoreless on six straight possessions, and that was basically the game. Uh, I mentioned um, um, Aras Yukovicius uh, with the 31 points. He had two of the threes in that in that uh, crucial phase. Uh, Seng- uh, Senglin also had two threes. He ended with... Uh, uh, ten points, five assists. Obviously, Julian Gamble had the um, had the amazing start to the game, but you know, twenty eight and eleven, uh, uh, three blocks as well. Uh, yeah, it was you know, Austin Day was not. Um, this was not one of Austin Day's best days. Um, just two points, had two shots, two rebounds, two assists. Fouled out in uh, eight minutes and nineteen seconds. So probably not one of the days that he wants to remember. So a, a big win for a big win for Nanterre. And yeah, I mean, this is a team that that Igor Jerkovic and his power rankings, they, he really likes them. And like you mentioned, they're in a row. So, you know, this is going to be this is going to be an interesting fight uh, for, you know, see how high that that Nanterre team can get up in the uh, in the standings. Yeah, yeah, really unfortunate for Venezia that that Austin Day wasn't able to play more than eight minutes. Uh, you know, he was the round two MVP. He has the talent to be the MVP of the entire league over the course of the season. But if he's only on the court for eight minutes, it's going to be tough uh, for them to win. Uh, like you said, kind of a, a game of wild swings where Nanterre were up by 15 at one point. Venezia ended up taking a 10-point lead uh, later in the game. They were up by three entering the fourth quarter, but Singlin uh, really came alive in the fourth quarter. He was 0 of 5 from the field before he hit like a really tough fadeaway three. The next possession penetrated and kicked to a Yuskevich's three. And then essentially that same sequence happened again a couple minutes later where Singlin hit a three and then the next possession was able to draw some attention, kick it out, uh, kick it out to an open shooter. So a big win for Nanterre and they're, they're, 
looking really solid right now in the middle of Group B. Another team uh, that I mentioned is rolling right now, Pauk. They absolutely dominated Freiburg. 92-61 to 61 was the final score. Pauk started the season 0-3, but they've now won three straight games. So the Greek team coming alive. Uh, in this game, they started hot. They jumped out to a 14-0 lead. They led by 22 points after the first quarter, and there was you know really no looking back from there. Uh, Dave, did, did you have any notes on this one? Uh, you know, Pauk, you know, on a roll now, three in a row, and and looking like a, a team that you know can challenge for, um, for a spot in the playoffs. Um, with Freeburg, you know, I want to I want to give them a, a you know a couple of positives. You know, they did take the fourth quarter, twenty three, twenty four, uh, on the road. So there's that advantage, advantage, and they did out rebound Pauk uh, thirty seven to thirty, including fifteen offensive rebounds that led to a twenty uh, twenty to seven uh, advantage on the second chance points. But yeah, they did lose by thirty one points. So. Yeah, yeah, tough to take too many moral victories away from this one. But, uh, you know, Baba Carture, another great game for Freeborg. Uh, he had 15 points, six rebounds. He's been one of the most consistent big men, uh, in the BCL this season. But Freeborg, only three of 18 from the three point line, while Pauk, uh, hit 14 three pointers. They shot 50% from behind the arc and they've been one of the best three point shooting teams in the competition this season. So it's, it's going to be tough to win, uh, if you, you know, give up that much of an advantage behind the three point line. And let's move on. The last game in this group, speaking of uh, another team that's great from behind the three-point line, Halone, they beat Bond 94-74. to Khalif Wyatt, who's the top scorer in the BCL this season, he returned to the Halone lineup after missing a couple games and really gave them a spark. He finished with 16 points. Corey Walden was phenomenal. He had 17 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Uh, Daquan Jones had 14 points and was just dunking on everyone. Um, if you do, if you don't want to go back and watch this full game, I, I suggest at least watching the highlights because there had to have been like 15 dunks in this game and, and Jones had some really incredible ones. Um, Dave, this Halone team, now that Wyatt is, uh, is back in the fold, uh, how do you think they stack up in this group? You know, looking at Tenerife at the top, obviously, uh, but after that, it's it's pretty much up for grabs. Yeah. So you know, you know, why coming back? We knew that 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 he was a great player, and 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 giving him, you know, bringing him coming on, and 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 giving this team that push, especially offensively. You know, this is a team that um, they're going to score, uh, and, and they shot. They shot 52% from three-point range for the game. Okay, Bond was without Subatic. Uh, he'll be out a couple of weeks. Uh, probably, I would imagine, be able to come back for the first game after the after the windows. Um, but they, you know, they only shot 26% from three from three-point range. Um, Josh Mayo, I think he had 26 last week, if I'm not mistaken, was held to seven points. But I think the story of this game is definitely. Uh, alone and, and, and especially with, with White coming back, you know, he only hit one of five threes, but we know that he can definitely sh- uh, do better than that. Uh, ended up with 16 points. And I, it's similar to the Nisney, uh, the Nisney team where, you know, guys were able to, you know, take, 
you know, learn what it what it means to take on a bigger responsibility. You can kind of say the same thing with this alone team. You know, guys like Corey Corey Walden, especially Corey Walden, but also you know like Darian Atkins and others. Um, you know, so that's only going to make them that this much better. And um, yeah, this is a team that that we really liked already. And uh, so now when they get their leader back, uh, they. Okay, I th- I think that Tenerifa is gone. You know, they're not going to probably be able to catch Tenerifa. Uh but, you know, they're even right now with Venezia at, at uh, 4 and 2. Nanterre's battling, you know. So, a second place in this group is is definitely still in the cards for Halone, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and even if this team if they slip to like the 4 seed or something, I would not want to be the top seed in another one of these groups and have to go up against this Halone team in the round of 16. Because as you said, we know they're going to put up points. Their overall scoring average is uh, is not where it should be because last week, I think they only scored 52 points. They lost at Tenerife by 32. And that was the biggest loss in, uh, in BCL history, if I'm not mistaken, at least of the season, it was the biggest loss. Um, so, you know, not a, not a great performance last week and that'll drop their average down, but that was on the road at Tenerife, the longest trip in terms of flight time that a team will have to make during the BCL season and without Khalif Wyatt. So now that Wyatt's back in the fold, yeah, this team is really dangerous. They're fun to watch. So definitely check out this Halone team, uh, if you get a chance. Owens screens the other way. He'll roll. Brown finds him. Owens, the extra pass. Thomas flushes it home. Timeout called by Bamberg. Struggling to get it in. Eventually, Rice has some room. The runner is up. In and out. And Jerusalem escape with victory. All right, moving on to Group C. At the top, we've got Hapoel Jerusalem at 5-1. and one. Right behind them, also with a 5-1 and one record, the defending champions, Ike Athens. Then we've got a three-way tie with Fuenlabrada, Bamberg, and Antwerp, all at 3-3. Three and three. Leet Cabelas are 2-4. and four. Nimburg also 2-4 and four after picking up a win this week. And then we've got Dijon in last place at 1-5. and five. Dave, let's start this one off with uh, what was potentially the game of the week across the entire league. And then also, you happened to be there in person. So that was, that was great timing for us. And that's Hapoel Jerusalem knocking off Bamberg 88-85 to 85 on the road. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, great game for Josh Owens as he made Team of the Week. But this was a, a really, uh, you know, a really great team performance from this Hapoel Jerusalem team. You were there in person. What were just kind of your general thoughts from the game? It was a thrilling game, really, without a doubt. And and definitely go back and 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 rewatch this one. And it went back and forth for a while there. Uh, Bomberg did seem to kind of have control in the in the third quarter, uh, but then actually once uh, Jerusalem took over the lead in the fourth uh, through Feldin, I think it was like uh, under eight minutes left. You kind of felt that the momentum had shifted, and uh, they never gave the lead up after that. And you know that was basically then Feldin, Owens, and, and Brown. You know, really just took over down the stretch um and you know Bomberg every time they were coming back you know uh they would come up the Jerusalem would come up with a great answer you know Feldin would hit a three there'd be an alley of dunk uh to Owens uh so it was just a fantastic uh performance by by Jerusalem uh you know Bomberg 
only had 11 assists to 13 turnovers. Um, and with, you know, with the quality of their point guards, Jesus and, and, and rice, um, you know, they can't really afford to do that. Um, you know, you mentioned Owens Feldine was, was great. 18 and six, uh, Jacobin Brown, 13 points. You know, we, he scored 21 in the first, uh, in the first game and he combined for 16 in the, in the next four. So coming back out with 13 points, you know, maybe we see the Jacobin Brown that we saw more from that first, first game, uh, at the other end, you know, Tyrese Rice, uh, okay, so you know, um, Yelovats, you know, twenty points. You know, hit some big threes to start the game. Rubid is fantastic, uh, twenty four points, uh, twenty six points, eight rebounds. Uh, but but they definitely missed not having a, a a third guy to really pick up the scoring load. Rice only three of fourteen uh, from the field. Only had one basket was the three pointer late where it looked like maybe it's going to be rice time again, but had just the three points in the fourth quarter, one of five shooting in the fourth. Um, you know, they, they got lucky. They had a chance. You know, there was the, the, the really bad brown travel with about 15 seconds left and then a great play design. You know, I was, I was saying, you know, uh, that, uh, Jerusalem up three with, I think it was 0.9 seconds or something like that, you know, or 1.7 or whatever it was, you know, they gonna, they have to foul, um, to, you know, send them to the line, a uh, great play design, uh, for a long three to get, uh, uh, that rice was able to put up, um, but it didn't fall and would have sent it to overtime. But, uh, yeah, so tough loss for, for Bomberg at home, but Jerusalem, you know, five and one and and getting a getting a victory over a really tough place to play we mentioned i mentioned that that crowd is really fantastic so congrats to to jerusalem yeah yeah big road win for jerusalem uh for bomberg you know you mentioned rice only 8 points it's going to be tough for them to win if he's not getting up into double figures uh you know with with his scoring ability i probably wouldn't really have expected him to score eight points in any game this season. You know, you'd always, it seems like he's always going to be up in, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30, some games. Uh, so a great job defensively by Jerusalem. They're probably, I think at this point, they might be my favorite team to watch in the entire competition. Just so many great athletes on this team. Uh, you mentioned Josh Owens with his alley-oop dunks, and he's just such an emphatic finisher on pick and rolls. He's, you know, he's just unstoppable rolling to the rim. Great athlete. And then, uh, you know, when, when they send over the help defense to try to cut him off as he's rolling to the rim, he's also a, a good passer and he's able to find guys. So I just, I don't really know how you stop this Jerusalem team because, um, you know, if you, if you play off of Owens, he's going to dunk over the top of you. If you crowd Owens, he's going to be able to kick it to somebody else. Tamir Blatt, uh, really strong in the first half. He finished with 10 points, six assists. Uh, Jacobin Brown, like you mentioned, 13 points, played some really tough defense in the fourth quarter uh, as, as Bomberg kind of kept trying to attack him with bigger players, but he's just a really big, stout guard uh, and was able to hold his own. Um, and then Amari Stoudemire, who's coming up soon on the podcast, 11 points in 15 minutes for him. Another uh, really, uh, you know, quick scoring outburst from him. We saw him against Fuenlabrada a week ago when he had 24 points in like 15 minutes or something like that. 24 points in 13 minutes. Um, so this week, 11 and 15. So another, uh, another good scoring output for Stoudemire in a short amount of time on court. So for Bomberg, another tough loss at home. 
And they're in a pretty tough spot if you look at this group standings. They're three and three, tied with Fuen Labrada, tied with Antwerp. So, you know, if, if they're not careful, they might end up uh, on the outside of the playoff picture, which I think would be very surprising entering the season. They seemed like they were going to be one of the favorites. But still a long way to go before we get to that point. And, you know, I assume Tyrese Rice is going to be better next week uh, as as Bomberg looks to improve to four and three. Let's move on. Another team that's five and one, along with Hapoel Jerusalem at the top of this group, Ike Athens. They won their fifth straight game, taking down Leet Cabela's 65 to 59. We mentioned Vince Hunter at the top of the show. Another great game for him. 28 points, nine rebounds. Uh, Dave, what did you think about the defending champions in this one? Slowly but surely, this team is starting to, to, to get to me. <laughs> um, that, you know, maybe it might be a team I, 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 that I, you know, for a full game, you know, they haven't shown a full game yet, but but still. Uh, first of all, they didn't. They still played without uh, Sakota and and Cavadas. Uh, um, you know, they basically just took over the fourth quarter. Hunter was absolutely amazing. Final six minutes, uh, twelve points, five rebounds, three steals, um, and and you saw the absolute tenacity and and. Um, at, in the last seconds, I think it was. I think he had a uh, a, uh, a dunk on a break in the final, and with ten seconds left, and then got back to 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 get the steal. Um, and uh, you know, even up, even though they were up by six points, and and it, the game had been decided, they only turned the ball over five times. Um, and the final nine minutes, uh, Leet Cabellus is zero for ten from the field. And four turnovers, just the just six free throws in the final nine minutes for Leet Cabellus. Um, you know, Hunter has been absolutely amazing. The last three games, twenty five point seven points, seven point seven rebounds, two point seven steals, shooting seventy nine percent from the field. Um, just you know, right now, uh, you definitely would have to say top three contender for the MVP uh, and. Um, yeah, Leet Cabalas, you know, uh, Mavra was the only guy who scored in, in double figures at 10 points um, and only shot 39%. Uh, but but Ike, you know, once they get to, to Scott, uh, Sakota and Cavadas and back, they're only going to be that much better. If, you, if you're an Ike fan, you do have to worry a little bit that they didn't shoot well from three-point range, just 15%, three of 20. Uh, but then to, you know, just to not, you know, turn the ball over at all, took care of it. Uh, just a fantastic uh, performance by Hunter really ch- changed this game around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think if we're voting today, Vince Hunter is my MVP for the season. He's He's been phenomenal, as you said. Uh, five offensive rebounds in this game. And you mentioned his efficiency uh, on field goals. He was also 12 of 16 at the free throw line, which is 75%. And if, if he's going to shoot free throws at that rate, I don't really know how you stop this guy. Cause he's, you know, he's just an absolute monster in the paint. Uh, I think your, your best hope is to, you know, hack him and hope he misses at the free throw line. But if he's going to shoot 12 of 16, not much you can do about that. Uh, and, and Leet Cabellus, you know, they're, they're probably kicking themselves in this one. It was a great chance for them to pick up a, a victory on the road. Uh, but they were outscored 18 to eight in the fourth quarter. Uh, and they they dropped to two and four, so a tough break for them. Moving on next week, uh, Ike they will be on the road at Antwerp. That's going to be a great game. Antwerp they just beat Dijon eighty to sixty one. It was uh, one of those games where the road team came out on top. 
for uh, as Antwerp picked up the win. Paris Lee, Jay Sean Tate, really solid performances uh, from those guys. Dave, did, did you have any thoughts uh, on this one from the Belgian side? Yeah, just a couple of Paris Lee. Um, you know, he ended with 11, 11 points, five rebounds, six assists. Uh, really took over in the third quarter when basically the game was decided. Had eight points, two steals in the third. Uh, Antwerp shot 54% from three-point range. Uh, Dijon only had uh, only shot 30, 37% from the field and, and played without uh, David Holston. Uh, so really just a, uh, a strong victory um, from Antwerp. You also meant, uh, you mentioned Tate, uh, also, uh, you know, Ismail Baco, another strong game of, of 10 points and 11 rebounds. So yeah, Antwerp is a, is a team being so young, you're going to have ups and downs. Uh, but you know, when they're up, they, they look really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody on that team is, I think, 27 years old or younger. So, uh, you know, the youngest team in the competition for sure. Uh, like you said, they're going to have ups and downs, but they're really exciting to watch when they get going. Uh, so check out this Antwerp team. That game against Ike next week, uh, is, is going to be really fun. Uh, the last game in this group, Fuen Labrada, they lose at home 71-72 against Nimburg. Fuenlabrada, they started 3-0 and this season, but now they've dropped three straight games uh, to kind of come back down to earth a little bit. They're still in third place in the group, but, um, you know, things aren't, aren't looking great there for the Spanish side. Uh, but Nimberg on the positive side, improving to two and four. They've had some, some close losses as well. Uh, Dave, the, the Czech side, they're looking pretty dangerous as we move toward the second half of the regular season. Yeah, I, I think there's... Obviously, it's a road victory, which obviously adds that that much more. But I think even you know, just as just as big is that you know they gave up uh, a huge lead. They're up by eighteen points uh, early in the third quarter, and it was it was a fifteen point lead uh, going into the fourth. And then uh, Luca Rupovic and uh, and uh, Mark Garcia they combined for nineteen points as they got it down to one point. But over the final two and a half minutes, you know, Bracey Wright and uh, and and Peter Benda both hit uh, were combined for six of six free throws, and uh, yeah, they were able to pull out the victory. So it's a it's a it's a it's a strong victory for 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 Nimburg. And you know, you you have to start wondering whether or not you know if you think about it, you know, Nim uh, Fuenlabrada is a, a miracle three pointer from being two and four. And, uh, you know, they, they, so they've lost definitely three in a row and, and, you know, they didn't have a starter that goes, that, uh, went into double figures. Popovich had, had eight points was the, was the top scoring starter. Um, Garcia had a strong, strong performance off the bench with 15 points. So, you know, as many positives from, you know, from Nimbrick's, from Nimbrick's side, you know, you, you can also say that there's a couple of negatives coming from when Labrada, you know, you know, this is a team that's already changed their coach. You know, they lost three in a row now here in the, in the, in the, in the basketball champions league. So there's a lot of questions and, and losing this game at home against a team that they definitely want to put behind, keep behind them in the standing. So I think there's a big question mark, um, producing game for, for Fuenlabrada. Yeah, definitely. Tough loss for Fuenlabrada. Uh, next week they're on the road at Lead Cabela's. 
who are two and four. And like we said, they, you know, they played a good game against Ike, against the defending champions. So, uh, you know, that's going to be another tough game next week as Fuen Labrada travel on the road. If they lose four straight and drop to three and four, uh, Lee Cabellas, they would also improve to three and four in that scenario. So, you know, not, a not exactly rosy times, uh, for the team from the Madrid area. Taylor kicks wide open punter miles out NBA range and he knocks it down Aradori ball with the high screen punter oh he banks it the bank is open in Bologna and last but not least, it's Group D. At the top, we've got Virtus Bologna at 6-0. and As I mentioned earlier, they, along with Tenerife, the only two undefeated teams remaining in the competition, and they won what was probably the game of the week right up there with Bomberg and Hapoel Jerusalem. Bologna took down Strasbourg to improve to 6-0. and Behind them... Prometheus, the surprise of the season, they keep on rolling. They improve to five and one. Then in third place, we've got Strasbourg at four and two. Neptunus are three and three. Besiktas and Bayreuth, two and four, and definitely lurking on the outside of the playoff picture, but both of those teams are dangerous. And then at the bottom of the group, Petrol Olympia and Ostende are both one and five. Dave, let's start this one off at the top. Bologna taking down Strasbourg 87 to 81. Uh, this was an incredible game, just very well played, high level shot making on both ends. Of course, an incredible atmosphere there in Bologna as those fans are as crazy as they come in the BCL. Uh, what, what were some of your main takeaways from this game? In my eyes, probably. This was the game of the week. Uh, you know, obviously you saw the Bumberg and Jerusalem game, and that was fantastic. But what you didn't see in that game, but you did see in this one, was a guy taking over. You know, just one guy really taking over. Punter was amazing. You know, he goes three pointer, three pointer, the, 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 the other basket, and then goes three pointer. I believe the last one was off the glass, and then he's talking to, you know, talking to fans and stuff like that. And, um, then at the other end, you had Yusuf Afal, um, you know, just going, you know, getting baskets, uh, but they just couldn't keep up with, uh, with, with, with punter. Um, and, and so, you know, this is, this is, this is a, this is a wonderful team to watch Bologna. Actually, two of my favorite teams. Um, I haven't watched as, as much Bologna as, as, uh, as, as Strasbourg. Uh, but, you know, you had, uh, and, you had uh, Mbe go up and, and actually get one of his two blocks against Fall. Um, Tony Taylor was fantastic. Kravich, um, first of all, you got to you have to be fascinated with his free throws. But had another great game. You have you also you know as, as a as a youth basketball reporter, you have to love that Alessandro Poyola is is playing an important role. Eight turnovers in the game for Bologna at at this level of competition, plus the home atmosphere. Um, plus the, plus the home team coming back from a, from a, from a deficit. Um, it was close, uh, you know, with, with six minutes, Strasburg was ahead and, and were really playing well. Um, just a fantastic. And then you had, then you had punter going against green who were teammates at, at Ike, uh, and winning the championship last year. Uh, plus on top of that, you also had, uh, Jarrell Eddy, um, have his per- first game with with Strasbourg, and and he hit uh, three of four threes, scoring eleven points. Strasbourg hit fifty eight percent from three point range. Um, just a fantastic game, and and uh, was 
was for me for me the game of the week and uh you know I think next week ever as uh, Bologna uh and uh, Bologna and uh, Prometheus in in Greece so um <laughs> another great one in this in this in this really fascinating group so congrats to to Bologna and and uh congrats to to, to Kevin Punter for just uh, an amazing performance down the stretch yeah, Punter was incredible. As we said, 26 points, and he did most of his scoring in really quick bunches. There was a point in the third quarter where he scored 10, 10 points in a three-minute span, and then Strasbourg called timeout, and you could hear uh, Vincent Collet in the timeout. He was saying, Punter doesn't pass. Like, play up on him. He's not going to pass it. First possession out of the timeout, punter drives, help defense comes from the corner, kicks it to the corner for the three. So, uh, you know, so he's, he's not a selfish guy. Like he, he just knows that, you know, he's, he's as good as it gets in terms of scoring in the BCL. Uh, so that was in the third quarter. And then late in the fourth quarter, we've mentioned it. He scored 11 points in less than a three minute span in the fourth quarter. So the, the absolute like definition of a microwave score, like this, this guy can get hot in a big hurry. Uh, great note from Igor Jerkovic in his help side column this week. Um, Punter has scored in double figures in 25 of his 26 basketball champions league games. That's between three different teams. So 25 of his 26, he's been in double figures. The one game where he failed to reach 10 points, he scored nine. So this guy is remarkably consistent. Also, he's just an incredibly fun guy to watch. Just it's incredible swagger and bravado on the court. He's always talking trash. Like you said, he, he banked in that three pointer and high fived a fan on the baseline. Like that's, that stuff's just awesome to watch. Like, especially in an environment like Bologna is just tailor made for a guy like that to, to explode. And, you know, those, those fans love him there. Uh, but like you said, a very well rounded performance from this Bologna team. It wasn't just punter. Kravich gave them great minutes off the bench. Uh, came in and really made an immediate impact on both ends of the floor. He was finishing around the rim, getting to the free throw line. He was doing a great job defensively of protecting the rim. Uh, David Cornu hit some big shots. Tony Taylor as well. Uh, uh, Payola, like you mentioned, the young kid with some great energy and defense. And then Brian Qualley, the, the team captain, he was scoreless until about five minutes left. He made a really tough and one, and then he got another bucket late in the game. So, uh, you know, even a guy who didn't have a, a great performance statistically, he rose to the occasion in the fourth quarter. So great win for Bologna. For Strasbourg, uh, they dropped to four and two. But, you know, no shame in losing this game on the road. Uh, this was an incredibly difficult environment to play in. There were whistles in the crowd that sounded like they were referee whistles, but it was just crowd noise. And, uh, you know, they were going nuts the entire game. So a very tough environment there. Uh, but for Strasbourg, Mar Marty Collins was the top scorer, 20 points. Jarrell Eddy, you mentioned him, 11 points and five rebounds uh, in his first BCL game with Strasbourg. Three of four from the three-point line. He has an absolutely gorgeous three-point shot. Like this guy, he won the G League three-point contest over in the United States uh, and, and 
immediately looks like he's going to step in and be one of the most dangerous shooters in the BCL. Plus, he's got that Karate Kid headband thing going on, so that's awesome. Uh, so, you know, a great, great game. Uh, I highly recommend checking this one out over on livebasketball.tv or every Monday, all of these games will be put up in full on the Basketball Champions League YouTube channel. So if you're going to watch one game from this week, uh, definitely go back and, and check this one out because it was incredible. Uh, let's, let's move on, Dave, because we just spent a lot of time on Bologna. Uh, Another really tight game in this group, Prometheus. We mentioned them improving to five and one. They beat Neptunus 83 to 82 on the road. Nikos Gikas, 11 points. All of them came in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter as he came alive. Rion Brown had 16, a strong performance in the fourth quarter from him as well. Uh, what did you, what did you think about this one with Prometheus pulling out a tough win on the road? Yeah, Prometheus actually was in control of this game for much of it. And then Neptunus came back and uh, took a lead in the fourth. And with about four, with four minutes left, um, they had a three on one break and could have gone up by eight and missed the layup. Gikas comes back, nails a three to make it a three point game. So instead of eight, it was a three point game. And that was uh, just total shift of, of momentum. Uh, and then Brown, who had been kind of struggling uh, down the stretch, hit two free throws and then went to back to the line, hit the first, and then on the second one missed it. And then right under his basket, base, stole the ball back and dunked it and then hit two free throws later on. So the big the big uh, uh, finish for Brown. Uh, just a, a, a really important victory for Prometheus, you know, a, a, a game that they had had really had been in control, gave it up, stole it back, and a team a game where they didn't really shoot the ball well, just forty one percent from from the field for the game. Actually, shot better from three point range than they did from from uh, from inside. Uh, Twenty turnovers for Neptunus that uh, Prometheus turned into sixteen points. So you know. You mentioned you mentioned Brown Parks had a had a big game as well, eighteen points, eight rebounds, had a big block near the end of the game as well. Uh, and you know Delanikaitis for for Neptunus, twenty three points, five three pointers. Uh, Jerry uh, Grant had 16, 18 points, uh, sixteen re- rebounds, five assists. So another great performance by him. Uh, you know Neptunus is going to be kicking themselves for losing this game, especially after. After giving up that uh, that lead, and really that that was a backbreaker when they didn't hit the layup, and then uh, watch Geekas hit the three at the other end. So, um, I, you know this this is a tight group, and and Neptunus are fighting for their lives, which we'll talk about in, in a minute with these other two teams. So this was a a, te- a game that they really are gonna maybe rue their rue their chances later that they weren't able to bring this one home. Yeah, tough loss for Neptunus. Uh, like you said, twenty turnovers. Uh, missed layups, missed free throws at the end of the fourth quarter. That's always gonna, gonna kill you. Um, so, you know, a, a tough loss for Neptunus, especially considering that they were at home. Next week, they're on the road at Bayreuth. Bayreuth, one of those dangerous teams that's at the bottom of this group. Uh, they started out 0-4, but now they've won back-to-back games. They picked up a 76-67 win on the road against Petrol Olympia. Uh, Dave, what did you think about the German side in this one? It was a tight game throughout. You know, look, you look and see, um, it was a nine point game at the end, but really in the last five minutes, you know, 
Bayreuth hit four of five three-pointers, and Olympia went one of seven from three-point range. They had two turnovers and an unsportsmanlike uh, foul. Uh, Bayreuth turned uh, 14 offensive rebounds. Uh, sorry, no, uh, Olympia did have uh, 14 offensive rebounds, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, 13 steals for, for Bayreuth. Brooks was strong with 13 points. Adonis Thomas, 12 points. You know, Stockton, we talked about, you know, maybe being on the way out or maybe another point guard coming in. Uh, he did have, he had seven points, three rebounds, five assists, just one turnover, had four steals. Uh, he did foul out, but, you know, it is a, it is a performance that, that, uh, you know, plus the, the, the team of the week last week, uh, to, to build upon. Uh, I haven't heard anything, seen anything out of Bayreuth, whether or not they're, you know, close to bringing in a point guard or not. So there is that. Uh, but you know, basically, this was a this was almost a must victory for Bayreuth, uh, of course, on the road, but really to try to get back into that race for fourth place. Yeah, another good performance out of Stockton and Bayreuth. Uh, I just wanted to mention also Gregor Hrovat playing against his former team. He won a couple championships uh, in Slovenia with Petrol Olympia. He had twelve points. Four rebounds, four assists, and one of the sickest passes you will ever see. Uh, it was the top play from Tuesday's games where he's on the fast break, throws the bounce pass between his legs on the fast break uh, on his former court. So that was pretty cool to see. It looked like Krovat uh, looked very com- comfortable back in Ljubljana. Uh, he also finished with a team high plus minus of plus 14 in 22 minutes. So great game out of him as Bayreuth pick up a key win. Like you said, probably a must win game for them as they improve to two and four and they host Neptunus next week. So that's a great chance for them to pick up another win. And the last game in this group, Besiktas, another team that struggled, uh, early on in the season, but now it looks like they're back on track a little bit. They beat Ostend 73 to 66 on the road. Uh, Jason Rich had a really solid game with 16 points. Ivan Bua, 19 points. Uh, Dave, we mentioned this Besiktas team as, as a, you know, a, a big name club that has had success in the BCL in the past. They started off slowly, but, uh, it looks like they're, they're back on track now. Uh, yeah. I mean, Victor, obviously, uh, over, uh, you know, this is another must win victory on the road for a team fighting for the playoffs. Um, you know, but they didn't put this 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 team away. You know, it was a 15 point lead with uh, two and a half minutes left in the third, and uh, Ostend got it down to two points. Uh, Besiktas made five or six free throws in the final minute and a half. Uh, they got out rebounded by by Ostend 35-22. Just one offensive rebound for for Besiktas, um, and 19 turnovers for for Ostend turned into f- only four. Off uh, fast break points, so they weren't able to get out on the run. I, I mean, Besiktas is not a team that runs a lot, but 19 turnovers and just four fast break points. You know, you you would think you'd be able to get more out of that. Um, so you know, the the main thing is a W. Uh, but you know, it wasn't a a resounding W. And uh, so again, this is a team that that uh, you know, Ostend, I I think is 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 probably one of the is probably my candidate to finish last in the group, and so you have to beat uh, you have to beat them even on the road for Besiktas. So, are the answers are the questions answered for Besiktas? No. Is did you need to get a victory and you got that? Yes. 
Yeah, for sure. And next week, Besiktas are hosting Petrol Olympia. So another good chance for them to pick up a win uh, and potentially move to three and four in this group. So that'll do it for our group by group breakdowns. Coming up next, we got Dave's interview with Amari Stoudemire in Freak City in Bomberg after Hapoel Jerusalem picked up a key win on the road. So we'll, uh, Dave and I will catch you on the other side of the interview uh, to wrap things up and preview game day seven. Double team comes, Stoudemire. Oh, the finger roll scoop is good from Stoudemire. Mario here in Bomberg is a tough place to play. You guys got a, a big victory. Uh, maybe just talk about this victory. Yeah, we did. It was a really good win for us. Definitely a tough place to play. Uh, Bomberg has a really good team. Those guys played very, very well together, and we was able to withstand the storm and get the win. Uh, you guys have been playing pretty well this year. Maybe what it's what you guys are really doing well. Uh, I know you're crashing the boards uh, in general. Uh, just maybe just what's working well for you guys this season. Well, I think for us, we uh, we have a group of guys that that are willing to to play for each other. You know, we're, we're a selfless team, um, and guys are enjoying playing with each other, and we're doing everything the coaches ask us to do. Coaching staff puts put together a really good game plan for us, and we, we try our best to execute. Um, you sat out last year. Uh, what, what's it like for you to be out there again playing uh, in general? It feels good. You know, I love the game uh, to the maximum strength, you know, and so for me to be out here playing again at a high level, uh, it's definitely a blessing for sure. Um, this is a team that you part owned. Uh, maybe just in general, what it's like playing for this this club. What it means for you? Well, it means a lot for me. I mean, obviously playing and uh, um, for the club is always a, a dream come true for me. Uh, it's the best of both worlds for me to actually live in a, in a destination place where I always wanted to live, and then to play uh, basketball still in my 17th year uh, is, is a special situation for me. Um, you're a six-time NBA All-Star. You won the Olympic bronze in 2004, uh, 2007 FIBA America Cup. Uh, 2017, you helped this club to the, the championship. Maybe where does it rank as far as uh, champion, uh, as far as achievements in the game for you? Well, it ranks pretty high. Anytime you win a championship, it's always always great to celebrate. You know, and add that to the to, to the resume. A championship is always the, the ultimate goal for any any team, any player. Um, and so. I was still trying to add more to that to that resume. Uh, notice on, on Instagram, you're you're a big Picasso uh, fan. Maybe just in general, what do you like about uh, his art, and maybe just who are some of the artists that you kind of really like and why? Picasso is definitely one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, I love the old masters. Uh, the old masters artist is a genre of art that uh, I tend to gravitate to. I think those guys were really uh, perfectionist. Uh, they took the uh, uh, craft very seriously. And so Picasso is one of my favorite artists. And also uh, Basquiat, obviously, from the street art point of view, is one of my favorites as well. Um, I want to ask you about uh, Stoudemire Reserves. Uh, what's your favorite part of be- about being a wine owner? Yeah, you know what? That happens spontaneously, the wine, the wine business. Uh, but to be a part of a, a wine owner in that, in that world is, is a lot of fun for me. You know, the culinary space, the food and wine, uh, is a very fun space to be in. Uh, you played uh, a lot of years with, uh, obviously, one of the greatest point guards in the game, Steve Nash. We don't want to compare him, obviously, because it's not fair. Uh, but you're playing with, a, with one of the top young point guards here in, in Europe with uh, Timor uh, Blatt. Just what do you like about his game? 
Uh, Tamir Blatt is, uh, has, a, has a lot of um, uh, 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 potential for sure. He's a player that's definitely taking his craft seriously. He shoots the ball very well from the outside. He's very creative, and I think he has a bright future ahead of him. What's your favorite part about playing here in Europe? You know, traveling to, to these beautiful cities. You know, traveling around the world is something that I always wanted to do. And to travel uh, as a basketball player and really get a chance to enjoy this the beautiful sport and also the countries here, has uh, is, is, been amazing for me. Favorite place to visit, and if so, why? Well, so many places I've visited so far that are uh, been very surprising for me. You know, here in Bromberg is a very, very cool town. You know, it's a great city. Uh, the people here are so amazing. The fans were great. Uh, so it's always good to experience different cultures in different cities. Uh, we're still early in the season. Um, just maybe in general, what you guys want to do this season and how do you guys want to reach that? Well, we're trying to win titles. You know, that's the, that's the ultimate goal for us to see if we can win. Uh, we have a long way to go. We have so much room to improve. Each game is a different challenge, and we just got to make sure that we learn from those challenges. How much uh, gas do you have left in the tank? How, uh, obviously, you're still a young man uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the scheme of life. Uh, I mean, just in general, how you feel and, and, and how much longer you, you want to go. My body feels great as long as I can play at a high level and, and, and really apply my dominance to the game of basketball. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see when the road ends. All right. Thanks again to Amari Stoudemire for taking some time to come on the podcast this week. Uh, Dave, it's not every day that you get to talk to a guy who was a former first team all NBA player. Now he's over here in the BCL making a good impact and just a, a super fascinating guy all around. What did, what did you think about Stoudemire? Yeah, this is this is actually an interview. I wish we had been able to kind of organize, um, you know, where where he had time and we was at home, able to relax after practice or whatever. Just because there was so much, so many different things that we could have gone and talked a, a little bit more about. You know, I asked him about art and I asked him about the wine and stuff like that. But you know, he's an author, he's a movie maker, he's a fashion guy. Um, there's just so much uh, fascinating stuff um, uh, uh, about him. You know, obviously, you know, I'd say he's the biggest name um, in the competition. Uh, just a fascinating guy, and I was really excited about talking to him and uh, just uh, seeing uh, seeing what he thought thought about this about this competition playing in Europe. You know, and uh, uh, just just a, a fun time talking to him, and 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 it's really exciting to to see. Uh, a level of player like uh, Amari Stoudemire in the Basketball Champions League. Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, he's a little bit older now. He's had some injury problems. Um, but, you know, th- those Phoenix Suns teams uh, in the early and mid-2000s with him and Steve Nash and Sean Marion, those, those were some of my favorite basketball teams of all time, the uh, the seven seconds or less Suns. So it's really cool to see Amari in the BCL. And, you know, we've we've got some a few former NBA players in the BCL with Norris Cole and Austin Day. But like you said, Stoudemire uh, was at an entirely different level in the States and in terms of you know all-star appearances and just kind of his general stature and uh yeah it's it's really cool to have a guy like him in the bcl and a guy who really embraces it too you know he's he mentioned he loves being in europe and being able to travel around to all these different cities and and see some places that he maybe you know didn't really know about in terms of like you know bomberg 
you mentioned really cool city, uh, maybe maybe not a place that uh, you know Americans in general know about unless they're following the European basketball scene. So it's it's cool to have Stoudemire over here, and I liked uh, what he said when when you asked him about their goals for the season. He didn't hesitate. He said they want to win titles, and this Jerusalem team certainly looked capable of taking home the BCL title this season. Let's move on. Uh, we'll wrap things up here next week. We have game day seven. Like I said, this will be the last game of the first half of the regular season before we take a quick break for the FIBA World Cup qualifying window. Uh, so Dave, looking at Tuesday's schedule, which games jump out to you as the must-watch games from Tuesday? I think that uh, Bonvit and Mercia, you know, that's uh, the first game of the, um, of the game day. You know, Bonvit being uh, 4-0 at home, whether or not they can remain undefeated at home. Uh, really, I think they have to. I think they almost have to win this game, uh, to 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 because you know that second half of the of the of the season you're only going to have two home games. So you, I think you really need to try to to you know get this victory to finish off the uh, to finish off the first half and then to go into the break up. Uh, you know, Bayreuth Neptunas. You know, can Bayreuth uh, you know you know get up uh, and and pull even with Neptunas. Uh, and also, what I also have is uh, Antwerp uh, going up against Ike. You know, uh, you know, I've talked plenty about you know Ike not really being uh, you know fully convincing me. Uh, and Antwerp is a really fun team that that runs a lot. So uh, to see to see what they are able to do, see what how how Ike can can slow down Paris Lee and and Ismail Baku. Uh, those are the three three games I have. Uh, you got anything else for Tuesday? Yeah, I think that Antwerp. Uh... Antwerp Ike game is is probably the headliner for me. I'm really excited about that one. Uh, one that's like a little more low key interesting for me is Nimburg hosting Bomberg because, like we said, you know Nimburg uh, they got the win on the road at Fuenlabrada. They've looked pretty solid this season. Uh, they almost took down Ike in in the game that they played, so they're certainly capable of beating some of the better teams. And if Bomberg dropped to three and four, uh, you know that's going to be a, a pretty disappointing start to the season for what is uh you know what was considered one of the preseason favorites to make the final four potentially win the championship so that one's going to be really interesting as well uh looking at wednesday's games the ones that really jump out to me um prometheus hosting bologna that's that's going to be incredible in group d we've got five and one prometheus hosting undefeated Bologna. Uh, and then another one I'm really excited about is Halone hosting Nanterre. We mentioned Nanterre is red hot right now, but Halone, they have Khalif Wyatt back and, and that great offense. I think that one's going to be a shootout and a lot of fun to watch. Um, what, what have you got for Wednesday's games? I got two stars. I wrote down two stars on both sides of the Prometheus Bologna. <laughs> and, and that, that's going to be, that's the game of the week for sure. Um, whether or not it turns out to be the game of the week, we'll see. But, you know, going in, that's the headliner. Um, yeah, Halone, obviously with, with Wyatt back. Uh, you know, Besiktas, uh, Olympia, Besiktas at home, really, they need to win that game. Um, and, and another one, one that I'm going to be really watching is, is, is Nizhny Novgorod against, at home against Ludwigsburg. You know, you know, uh, Nizhny Novgorod have, have Kendrick Perry back. Um, and uh and are playing now obviously that much better and Ludwigsburg have won so and uh if Ludwigsburg can steal this road game um against a team that has a lot of confidence now that they have their leader back you know that's two wins in a row 
and uh, to go into the break where they can kind of you know work work through some things. So that's another really important game uh, to see if that road team can uh, can get a victory. Yeah, that one's going to be fascinating. And, and one last one that I'll mention from Wednesday is Tenerife hosting Pauk. Of course, you know Tenerife have been destroying everyone. They've won three games by at least 20 points. They look like the best team in the competition so far. Uh, but Pauk, they've won their last three as well. Uh, they're a very dangerous outside shooting team, so we know they're going to be able to put up some points. That one's going to be interesting because if Tenerife are going to lose a game in, in these, uh, you know, over these next couple weeks, that's one that I could see them potentially dropping, uh, with Pauk coming in, uh, you know, and, and playing it at a really high level. But we'll have to see how that one goes next week. So that'll do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Thanks again to our guest, Amari Stoudemire, for some t- for taking some time after the Bomberg game to join us on the podcast this week. Dave and I will join you again next week after what should be a great game day seven. We'll wrap up the first half of the regular season and, and preview some things to come as we look forward uh, heading into the FIBA World Cup qualifying window. So for Dave Hein out in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast.